Just a quick heads up, this episode does deal with conversations around mental disorders and suicide and may be triggering for some listeners. Well, hello and welcome to Raw Reality. Today's theme is mental health. For me and I'm sure many others, talking around the dark clouds of my life has been a struggle and I've always shied away from it. But surprise, surprise, here I am once again trying to start a conversation in light and in hopes that maybe this inspires someone. Today you're joined by Chloe, Delina and special guest Isabella Herrera. So sit back and relax as we dive straight into the conversation. According to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, almost half of the Australian population between the ages of 16 and 65 will experience some mental disorder at some point in their life. In 2019, depression was associated with 37.9% of of all suicides in Australia. Anxiety was associated with 14.9% of all suicides. Substance abuse was associated with 26.3% of all suicides and 30.6% of male suicides. Hearing this and looking back at these stats, is there any point in your life, Isabella, where you realize, like, shit, I have depression? Yeah, I mean, as I would say, as a child, I had what, like, people would probably say, like, um, depressive seasons or like I was um, it was commonly said that I had seasonal depression um, and that I had um, like I was anxious but I didn't have anxiety like it was the refusal to label things for the fear of I don't know whatever but it was a lot of like describing words and then as I went into high school and kind of solidified as a human being I think I realized very quickly that I'm depressed out in every season. So if that's what seasonal depression is, then beautiful. Um, in regards to OCD, it was a recent, you know, three years ago diagnosis. But again, growing up, my family would describe it as like, oh, you had just like a certain way of doing things or a certain thought pattern. And I was like, okay, just kind of, there's a point where you just have to say it what it is, like just call it what it is as opposed to skirting around it. But that was from a very young age. I think I've I've kind of always had mental health issues, <laughs> which is sad. It's so sad. It's not funny, but, but yeah. Well, looking back at the stat where it says 30.6% of male suicides, that being depression, being associated to that stat, mm-hmm. why do you think there's such a stigma around like men don't cry, men don't talk about mental illness? The men don't cry thing, I think, is it stems from crying a lot in a lot of cultures and in a lot of families is seen as a vulnerability or a weakness. And so when you're told as a man, um, which I'm not, so I'm not sure how much this is told, but like I would assume that as a man, you're told to be strong and you're told to kind of buck up and you lead and you, you just kind of take it as it comes and you grow a pair to get through stuff that the idea of crying is, you know, it's almost as if you're giving in or that it's a weakness. But in regards to like the stigma around mental health in general, that's not I wouldn't say a gender thing. There's also a lot of assumptions around it that are then put on you if you come out and say, oh, I have depression. Then it's like, oh, well, then you must also have X, Y, Z. And you also must be X, Y, Z. And then people try to take care of you through assumptions as opposed to just getting to know you. I think that's more harmful than anything. But then on the flip side of that is I think we're also in a like an age where this is going to be a hot take. FOMO comes in with mental health issues and people want to like they want to be a part of it. And it's like you being healthy <laughs> is not something to be 
ashamed about. Like you do, you do not have to go around saying that you're depressed to have friends. Like that is, sis, no. I applaud you for having like a healthy mind and being able to cope well. Like I think the other side of that coin of like no one wants to talk about it is that we talk about it so much that people who are actually healthy and stable mental health are going, well, I kind of, maybe, maybe I am anxious or maybe, and that is true. Like I think most people have moments where they are anxious, but being anxious doesn't mean that you have diagnosed anxiety or being sad for a few months, especially right now with, you know, a pandemic and civil rights and politics and like being away from your family. Like it is okay to be really, really sad all the time, but that doesn't mean that you have diagnosed depression or that you have clinical depression. And I think we're in an age where it's so easy just to self-diagnose. And then you take that on yourself and you walk around life as if you have these things. And it's like, it's not like a blessing. Like I think, and as, as Christians, I think like, you know, God can use anything and like, you know, we'll get through it. And it's so amazing the access that we have to like online resources and free apps that are like, you know, mental health apps that help with meditative things. But just because that's out there doesn't mean that you have to like, you have to subscribe to that in order to be a 20-year-old. Like, <laughs> if you can get through your 20s without any mental health issues, that is a good thing. <laughs> That's a goal. <laughs> like, that is not something that you, like, it's not a phase. It's like, you, you shouldn't have to go through it. And then for those of us that have, it's like, okay, well, how do we get through it? But I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I It really gets me. I'm like, that's great. Don't be ashamed that you're healthy. Like, it's like if you were physically healthy, and people were like, oh, you know, the unfit, unhealthy people are really getting a lot of attention. Maybe I'll just like destroy my body to fit in. My <laughs> mouth is agape. I'm like shocked. <laughs> I would not. I would not. Like no one would be okay with that if it was like a no. physical or if you had friends that were like physically disabled. Like you would never allow them to also go just wheel around in a wheelchair for the fun of it. Like it is still an illness. It's just a mental aspect of it. In any other aspect, society wouldn't be like, oh, don't fake it. But in this aspect, it's like, well, okay, hot take finished. <laughs> I love that. When people do self-diagnose and slap a label on themselves, I guess they kind of put themselves in that hole of, oh, I have depression, but I haven't actually been to the doctor, but I'm going to act on it mm. um, and get that attention. Like you're saying, like, yeah, and it's not, I don't even think it's attention. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I don't, I don't know if it's attention because it's like the attention that you're getting isn't good. Most oh, no. Of the time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like, <laughs> it's not like people at college or like, you know, my boss is all like, yeah, we'll give you a raise for being ill. It's like, it's not a, a plus to my life. So it, I don't know if it's attention. I don't know what it is, but anyway, so I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. I, yeah. I was like. I don't know if attention is the right word, but like seeking that like. I think it's to fit in, to be a part of, it's part of our culture. Like so many people, and it's sad that so many people, like the statistics that were read, like it's affecting a lot of people. So a lot of people do struggle, but it's like when that's such a major part of society, it's like, well, now the healthier the minority. And that's really horrible to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, I guess a question for you would be, when you were diagnosed, what, what year was that? With which one? <laughs> <laughs> Real place. Real place. <laughs> Depression? Um, That was a while ago, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, I would have been in like high school. Do you have any specific memories where you know you hit a very low point? 
I don't think I hit a low point until last year, if I'm yeah. honest. So I think I'll be conservative and say like from maybe 12 or 13 to, you know, last year I was 21. I think I handled it quite well. Like you get kind of sad and, and you live with your parents. From, I live with my parents most of the time. So, you know, I just tell my mom, hey, look, it ain't it today. She goes, stay home. And then you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's high school. So you're like, uh, maybe I'm just like <laughs> high school's like a shitty place to be so like maybe I'm not depressed maybe it's just high school and I'm just tired and I'm overwhelmed and then you take that and you move across the world and you're doing all right for a few years and then everything that was 2020 hits and it just culminated and oh I guess I'll go there it's fine like with everything with COVID so being isolated and being home and I was in college so there's that pressure of um interning under someone in an age where I haven't seen them in eight months and I don't know if I'm actually on track and you couple that with like George Floyd dying and the Black Lives Matter movement and as someone whose parents are people of color that was a lot to handle across the world and then you're being invited into all these conversations with people about race and whatever and then September is always a hard month for me i I've lost 10 friends to suicide and I'm only 22. So it's a uh, 10 too many people, but it's also they're really young. And September, a lot of their like anniversary deaths are in that one month. And last year in September, my best friend from back home committed suicide while I was here. So it was like her first anniversary of her death and it hit me really hard. And so all of that culminated into like <laughs> one like there wasn't one breaking point. It was just, you're isolated, you're overwhelmed. I wouldn't say burnt out, but you're just exhausted. And then you're grieving and I'm already, I have depression kind of. The way that I describe my mental health issues, it's not that they ever go away. They're just under the surface bubbling. And then something happens and they just kind of boil over. It's like when you're making pasta and you have the lid on and you're like, mm, the water's boiling, but it'll be okay. And then you you forget to take the lid off and it just boils over. And then you have pasta water all over your freaking stovetop the worst thing to clean <laughs> anyways it's like that like all of my mental health issues kind of just boil under the surface and then with all of that culminated depression just bubbled over and I was in a really really dark place from probably like June July until the end of October and that was the darkest it's ever been that's the lowest I've ever been and I don't think I wasn't suicidal at all, but I definitely wanted the pain to end. And I think that's a, like, it's a big differentiation of like, not wanting, like some people want to die and that's, you know, suicidal. And then some people just want the pain to end. And the only way that they know how to do that is like thinking about dying. And I got, you know, I got help and I was, had great conversations with people, but part of it was just like, I just have to let it pass. Like a lot of it is just like no matter how much I meditate or pray or sleep or exercise or eat well and I talk to a therapist, part of it is just it'll pass. Like yeah. I just have to like stay alive for this, like for just a couple more, like whatever it is and it'll pass. And then coming out of like November, uh, December, graduation and then New Year's and then what it, what is 2021 it's been like, okay, how do I never get there again? Because that was right. not zero out of 10 recommendations. Yeah. 
one star. <laughs> I don't recommend. <laughs> don't visit. Yeah. Stay away. So then it's like, okay, how do I never get there again? Hmm. Or do my best to never get there again? What did you do to, I guess, keep yourself above that standard of where you were? Like, what did, what did you do to get help? I had great community. It is honestly community because I think, like, I've been in therapy enough and especially at college, oh, my God, that I know myself <laughs> enough as well that talking about how sad I am or talking about how anxious I am doesn't – it doesn't fucking solve anything. Mm-hmm. Like, me – like, there's a point where it's, like, I need to get it out and, like, I need to, like, process it. But then – over and over and over again. I'm like, you're just making me more fucking sad. Like, can I just <laughs> like, I'm, and then that's when I finally was like, okay, I'm going to book one session with someone from college, sort my shit out. And then I'm done. And they don't like that. Most therapists are like, you want to talk about keep it. like, we need to keep weekly. And I'm like, I'm done. Like, I just, I know myself enough. I've been in, I've been in this too long. I, this does not help me. Other people, like they need that. They need to look forward to, you know, a weekly session and that they can talk to someone that's objective, that's qualified, that's whatever. That doesn't work for me. And that's just through trial and error. It's you literally can't know that until you're you've done it a few times. Yeah. Um, so I met with someone here and um, he gave me great like resources and little like I call them tips and tricks, like, like things to put in my tool bag that I'm like, oh, I'll whip it out and see if that works. And if it doesn't, well, OK, well, at least I have it for the future. Yeah. And it was literally just. Yeah. And I had, I live in a great house of people who pretty much for the first time, this is no slight to anyone else that I've lived with, but for the first time was like, just because you're, you are mentally ill doesn't make you scary or bad or wrong. And we're just going to sit with you in it as opposed to going, I don't know how to fix it. So like, sorry. Like I had people that were like, we're still going to hang out with you. We're still going to go watch movies with you, even though you're like the shittiest person to be around. (laughs) Um, But I like, again, I think also side note, the stigma of depression is that you have to be sad and like moody and like emo and you like your whole outfit changes and you only wear trackies and like you don't do your makeup and your breath stinks because you're not brushing your teeth and you lose weight because you're not eating. And it's like, Okay, that is a very like Hollywood depiction of depression. Mm-hmm. I was still on the outside going to class every day. I was engaging in every tutorial. I was interning, getting my things done. I was going on like coffee dates with people like virtually. If on the outside, no one probably knew anything was wrong because it's just not how I present depression. But if you talk to me and if you can see past the, oh my God, yeah, yeah. like you're like, oh, she's so hurt. Like something about her is just, and I had people in my life that were like, well, we live with you, so you can't really, like, you can't hide that shit at home. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can try, but that's exhausting. Like, your home should be a place that you can kind of just fully be you. Anyway, so, yeah, I had people that were like, we're still going to hang out with you. We're still going to love you. We're still going to invite you to dinner and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And they just let me be, and that was more beneficial than sitting in, like, a counseling office or sitting on Zoom because of COVID and going – yeah, so, like, what I'm feeling right now is, like, and I don't know why I'm feeling it and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But, again, community should be – it should be in community no matter what. Even if you're someone who's, like, I don't I don't like it, do it do it anyways. Like, community is not – is non-negotiable. That's a part of, like, I think mental health, that it, it's non-negotiable. Whether you think you need it or not, community is 
crucial part of getting out of it. The yeah. therapy, how you, long you do therapy or how often it is, that's what I think is like a little bit more gray and that's depending on who you are. And hmm. That's really good. That jazz. <laughs> how does it make you feel when someone, because obviously you're talking about like your housemates and your community sitting in and actually doing it with you. Why do you think people feel the need to actually dust you off, pick you up, be like, actually, we're going to actually change our mood. We're going to move on. Like, mm. you're going to be okay. I think it's harder. I, I think specifically with Christians, I think, as, okay, especially as Pentecostals, because we believe, you know, Holy Spirit, anything can happen, faith, healing, um, God's got a plan. And that's not not true. That's 100% true. Right. But in when you're talking to someone who doesn't even want to wake up in the morning and you're putting that on them, that God's got a plan. He's going to heal you. Just believe. And you're like, I think with the Pentecost, like having the Pentecostal context of like that, it's really hard to explain to someone like, I don't need you. Like I, I'm obviously as a Christian, pray for me, believe for healing. Mm. But when you're with me, the last thing I'm asking you to do is like, I don't want you to lay hands on me. I don't want you to bring Bible verses. I want you to just be a fucking human being and care about me because you care about me, not because you have an agenda of what, what the Holy Spirit can do. And it's a really fine line to walk because we are Christians and mm. there is a very spiritual um, part of our faith that I think we should bring into every relationship that we're in. And so it's like, I want my friends to believe for healing. I want you to pray for me. I want you to intercede for me because I am really struggling. But when you're like, just invite me to dinner because you love me. Without an agenda. <laughs> Without an agenda. Like, um, and I had a housemate that was great. He was like, we're just, he invited me to watch a movie with him every night. Cause he was like, you need to get out of your room. Like you need to come out and be with someone. And we don't think we talked very much. It was just like, he's over there and I'm here and I've just watched a movie, but it was like, no, do you want to talk about it? No, no. Cause I don't even know where to <laughs> begin. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And so I think it is a lot harder to sit with someone and go like, I'm just going to do the journey with you. Even if it takes from June to November. Yeah. Like even if you're a sad, you know, depressed, angry, confused person for this long, I'm still going to do it with you. And I think fixing on the surface sounds hard because you're like, I'm, but I'm praying for you. And like, that's hard to do. And it's like, yeah, but you're just trying to get me fixed. Like, and I think if in society as Christians, we focus less on fixing people and just loving them and believing, yes, spiritually that Jesus is going to do what he's going to do. But if we just loved people, it would just like, our heart would get across so much more. Our job's not to fix people. I don't need to be fixed. And that's another thing is like, Sorry if we're going to go down a little Christian rabbit hole, a little Christianese <laughs> for a moment. When we talk about, like, Jesus coming back, and right, and we talk about the new creation, and we talk about, like, everything being renewed, I've, most people's thoughts go to everyone's going to be able-bodied, and there's not going to be any mental illness, there's not going to be any sadness, and it's like, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but you're equating, like, a perfect human with something like it's like when you when you equate that with the perfect human I think that fits out of that you're trying to fix and like right now I'm having discussions with people and about like well what if disability isn't actually part of the fallen sinful world like what if in the new kingdom the disabled are still disabled 
they're just renewed. Like, mm. why do you have to be on two feet with two arms and 10 toes and 10 fingers to be a renewed human? And the same goes for mental health. Like, obviously, depression is not part of his plan. But the idea of like, when you think like that solely, you're constantly fixing anyone that you deem unwhole broken and it's like that's not your job let jesus and the holy spirit do that in me i don't need you to right into work on that for me (laughs) but thanks but no thanks i'll pass i'll pass you're talking about community (coughs) for people who like aren't connected into church and maybe Mm -hmm. don't have a lot of friends how can they get connected into community yeah how can they find people and help them in those dark places yeah um, I will say, oh, this is going to be another hot take. Oh, it's going to be a hot take. The church herself as the institution has never been the community I needed for my mental health journey. Right. So people in the church have been great, but that I don't find that in church. You know what I mean? Like I find that on the off, you know. I run into someone and I'm like, oh, like, you want to grab coffee? And then we're like, oh, my God, wait, like, this is so great. Let's do community. Let's do this together. Um, that's just separate. And I, th- I think sometimes people are so hell-bent on getting community from church. And she is amazing and she is needed. But I don't know if the Western church right now is the best place for that. I don't think we're there yet when it comes to actually providing what I was talking about, about, like, not fixing people. I think we're still on that, like, God's going to get you. And I'm like, he already has me. (laughs) What do you mean he's going to get me? (laughs) He's going to run after me. I'm like, oh my God, has he lost me? Like, have I like escaped? And he's like, oh shit, where's Isabella? Where's the sheep? (laughs) I I lost her. Like I lost her. I turned my eye for one second and this depressed hoe is out there. And I'm like, oh God, I have to grab her. And I'm like, no, like stop saying that. He already has me. Like this is like, I'm in his plan already. Mm. Anyways. (laughs) Um... And no, I don't think God sees me as a hoe. But, you know, it was needed for that one moment. Um, <laughs> community. I That's a really good question because I think that's that's part of it. Is I think it's so easy to, especially if your depression presents, or anxiety really, presents in a very typical way that you self-isolate. So, like, if you're depressed and you're sad or you're, especially, like, say, like, in the in the winter months which is coming up, like, you're, you bundle up, you separate yourself and it's like okay like I just want my own time and people view that as like oh like you're just so self-aware like you're just you need some time by yourself and you're like yeah no I'm not self-aware I'm (laughs) Um, (laughs) self-destructing but people view like oh if you spend time by yourself like that must mean that you like really good and it's like no (laughs) and then with anxiety like if you have social anxiety if you have whatever kind of anxiety your instinct is to Ah, I'm going to pull away. And that's just a survival instinct. I think that's part of, you look at like what they say in studies, like it's part of the evolutionary wiring of like, ah, I'm anxious. Your body's going, well, then there's danger. It's like, we need to get away from this. However, when there's no danger and there's no threat, then it's like, well, now that's just unhealthy. So I think people like me who are, ah, it's another Christian term, but like further along the journey of like, I've been doing this for conservatively a, a decade the last three years, I've put in so much work into personal development, um, mental health, therapy. I've invested, I feel like, thousands of hours into growing and developing and maturing myself. 
and learning how to take care of myself that when I see people start to drift and isolate and separate, my first reaction is go find them, like go pull them. And that was hard for during COVID because you can't, everyone's overwhelmed. So you may not be depressed, like I said before, but you're just Zoom fatigue. You're like, just leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> not because I'm depressed. I just don't want to be on my phone anymore. So I think it's people that are further along that are like, you have, you literally have to be on the lookout. But I think we are because we know what it feels like to not have community. And mm. so we would never want that for anyone else. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing. Um, thank you. Yeah, it's been really insightful. And uh, for anyone listening um, who might be going through a season uh, of depression or suicide, reach out for people, get help. If you are going through a crisis, uh, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. But yeah, we hope this inspires you to start conversations and normalise these not-so-hard conversations because it's real shit and needs to be talked about. But yeah, thank you for listening. Peace out. Peace out.